Hey everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We've reached episode 726. This is being recorded on June 7, 2023 on Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. That's right, Kent is back again. Regular podcast panelist at this point. I mean, let's just admit it. He's part of he's part of the PC per staff at this point. Like it or not. Yeah. Tell I got out of traveling to a symposium for work this week. Ah, oh, good. We're handy too. <laughs> Wait, did, because of this mm. podcast? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, really? I'm sorry. I, I have an important engagement. Mm-hmm. 10 p.m. on Wednesday night. I can't miss it. No. Who would? You can support the site and podcast by going to patreon.com slash PC per. That's P-C-P-E-R. And be like... Uh, Alan's back and Seb's mic fixed. And Imaginos. Imaginos, hands of fate. Does he have a big need guy that helps him around? Gets all these beautiful women and young girls to hang out. Chase people off the ranch. Imaginos. Am I thinking the right guy? Uh, I mean, sure. Torgo is king. It's time for Josh's food segment. Please oh boy, tell us about this your- one. Was um, yeah, this one was a monster. So I, I talked to the owner for some years about doing a fifty-fifty burger, and fifty-fifty is is uh, half ground sausage, half ground beef, mm-hmm. and he did it. He finally did it, and he did it in an insane way. So this is called the Slaughterhouse Split. Two half sausage and beef patties topped with Gouda, candied bacon, candied jalapenos, and finished with a sun-dried tomato aioli. Ah... And uh, let me tell you, I ate two-thirds. It was just so rich, so filling. It was really good. The fries were great, too. But that burger was something else. I think I'm going to have it for the next two weeks. So if you ever make the pilgrimage up here, you will be happy with it. And, you know, if, if they had plated it rather than wrapped it up for me to take out, it would have looked a whole lot nicer. But still, I mean, it's just this candied jalapeno candied bacon 50 50 burger mix that mm. it's gonna put me in an early grave but worth it our first news story of the week is probably not a big shock to anybody but it's official amd has confirmed am5 support for ryzen 8000 processors so zen 5 will be on am5 which i thought was it's already 3.5 known what is Navi yeah. 3.5? There's a lot of fives. Is that a die shrink Navi 3? I don't know. They, mm. they won't tell us. Sort of codenamed because... it and didn't say a damn thing. Yeah. We'll talk in a minute about Zen 4C, but... Zen 4C kind of kicks ass. That's I know. Let's just talk about it. The, this wasn't really much of a story. It's just like, yeah, we knew the roadmap and, you know, that's what it yeah. is, but... Uh, well, we Zen... know AM5 will be around for a while, so... All yeah, right. at least another yeah. year. Yeah, at least another sure. Okay, <laughs> it'll be it'll be like longer. Intel. You can get two generations yeah. of processors on the same socket, and then you move on. Uh, okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Zen four C CCDs twice as many cores per CCD, and it's barely ten percent larger. Says this article on Tech Power Up via semi analysis. Look at these things. Sixteen cores. What's the catch, Josh? Is there any possible downside to this shrinking? It's uh, as far as I know, it's 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 using the same five nanometer UV as the eight core, but they are shoving sixteen in there. And uh, I saw a little kind of uh, you know diagram of you know core v core of you know the old versus new, and I mean they've just somehow just crammed it all in there. You know how in a much 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 smaller space. Way, uh, way less L3 cache. Is it? Oh. Oh, 16 megs of L3. Ah. Well, even even with that, 
it's uh, yeah, it's still small, and uh, it's going to be pretty interesting in uh, in these you know in these big chips because it's you know very very dense, uh, lots of cores. Yeah, they give up some some L three, but boy, it's a lot of cores. What was the non I or the um, the non C I O die pattern? Was that also six nanometer? Uh, I just have a reference to uh, the I O die is a TSMC N six. CCD yeah. process note is TSMC N5. Okay, so they didn't shrink the I.O. die. They kept that the same size. Yeah. There's yeah, they're, no they're, reason they're, to do much with that. By having the L3 cache, they are gaining a lot of real estate. But, you know, it depends on the, oh. the workload. If this trickles over to, you know, desktop, then it's kind of interesting to me, just considering how much of a focus there has been on L3 cache. Yeah. Increased yeah. performance on AM5. And here we are on the server side saying, you know, it, not every... Program is workload. so L3 cache yeah. dependent because L2 is still there. So if you've got a workload that doesn't need the L3 so much but likes a lot of cores, oh my. Yeah. I like this this comparison in the Tech Power Up article here. They're saying that the Zen 4C is shaping up to be AMD's answer to Intel's E cores. Hmm. 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 A mix this of sort of leads two. to. Uh, Leads to a story that Jeremy has uh, in the notes a little later that I'd made a comment on on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to bring that up when we get to that story. But, uh, yeah, I've been really surprised that we haven't seen uh, all E-Core chips from Intel yet. Because just of the space of those E-Cores, you could fit massive numbers of E-core only processors on even a LGA seventeen hundred sized uh, die. Yes, and uh, we have a story about something like that uh, a little bit right. later. But speaking of Ooh, AMD stuff, uh, this is an article from Chips and Cheese about the RX seventy six hundred. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the new addition to the RDNA three family, and it's the only one below the XT and XTX in the 7900 series. But something interesting about this, and of course it's not a chiplet-based design, and it's a very small, almost mobile-like chip. And in their testing, and they do this very specific kind of testing to identify potential design weaknesses, and they do it in scenarios that are not necessarily realistic for you know the way that you'd use this product, but it's interesting to sort of examine the architecture. And the, the takeaway from this was, among other things, that the RX 7600 has significantly lower cache and memory latency than big RDNA 3. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't quite follow, but it's very neat. Well, it maybe I'm maybe it's just me. I feel like this is super obvious. My concern when we went to the RDNA 3 RDNA 3 Tech Day was that with the chiplet design, you'd think there'd be an inherent latency penalty because you're going external even though they're using these very fast uh interlinks. Mm-hmm. They don't connect. Uh, but this seems to validate that because according to this article anyway, the 7900XTX takes 58% longer to get data from its infinity cache than the 7600XT. Oh, they actually say XT. That's not the real product. Because remember, they dropped the XT because it only had 8 gigabytes of uh, VRAM. <laughs> that's just a theory. But yeah, VRAM latency is hmm. higher on the 7900XTX too. And the takeaway is that it's because of the chiplet design. Be interesting to see how that does, uh, what effect it has in real world gaming and, uh, you know, stuff that actually isn't just benchmarks. Hmm. I'm, st- I'm starting to wonder if the trade offs <laughs> with that design, as much of a technical accomplishment as it was to go with the chiplet architecture, uh, obviously on die is going to be your lowest latency, highest bandwidth solution. But, offloading memory where it doesn't make sense to scale it uh, to lower and lower process nodes anymore. That was more of a economical decision than a performance mm-hmm. decision, right? Because it also allows the GPU die to be smaller, get higher yields, lower costs. Yeah, I'm guessing that the 7800, if it ever comes out, is probably not going to be chiplet. Yep. Hmm. It's not exactly the panacea that we were hoping for, but um, you got to take the first steps sometime. And, uh, you know, the, the 7900 series and X and X, XT and XTX 
um, you know, they, they fill a niche and they perform pretty well for what they are. But, uh, yeah, it makes you wonder if, um, how much performance they have left on the table, uh, by going with the chiplet design and, and if it, you know, will they, will they continue that with 3.5? Maybe Navi 3.5 will be non chiplet because it's just too much of a hit for the silicon saved. I don't know. I don't have any answers. We're going to have to wait and see. It makes me wonder if this uh, Navi 3.5 code name that we just got dropped on us uh, has anything to do with any of that. Or a totally separate uh, product line, yeah. Yeah, if it's processor graphics, then of course it would have to be um, monolithic, I assume. I would think. Yeah. Or I don't really understand architecture well enough to speak intelligently about any of this, but in our next story, this is from Tom's hardware with its Silicon transition complete. Apple seems to have new confidence in its Macs. Yes, that's right. The Mac pro is now Apple Silicon. It's M two something like ultra or super or something. And Intel is gone. Apple no longer sells any new Macs. With Intel processors, it's over. So for th- for those of you who really, really were pining after a Mac Pro with an Intel processor, whoo, you've got to find a shelf warmer special right now. Better I don't hurry. know. At some point, maybe those will go up in value in the used market because there'll be somebody who has to have that older version maybe. of a Pro level software or something. But I that I doubt it. That does happen. That does happen though. It does okay. happen, <laughs> but I feel like if it's Pro level software, mmm. then there'll be an Apple Silicon update for it. Or perhaps they just badly are in need of a cheese grater. Yep. What is this M2 Ultra anyway? I mean, Brett is back. Well, it obviously. is. It is. To tease him about it Apple is, stuff. But of course, uh, the, the this it does come with the uh, PCIe Gen 4 slots. Yeah. So I mean, probably zero compatible hard. cards on Earth, but it has the slots. It as they splashed OWC a huge list of. Oh, do they? Potentially of compatible cards. Oh, potentially. They, yes. Yes, they did. Let's look yes. at this M2 Ultra. It's got uh, 24 CPU cores now. That's good. Up to a 76-core GPU. Are they talking about AI yet? Is this going to be the old? Because it has 800 the gigabytes per second of memory. Well, yeah, they, they've got the neural, neural engine. engine. Yeah. 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 192 gigabytes of unified memory. That's up ridiculous. to. Up to. And you'll, you'll pay quite a lot. As you become more unified. <laughs> How much? I want to know now. I'm going to go to apple.com and order one of these. Oh, oh gosh. Let's. Let's do that. Let's go Mac. configure one. Let's let's just say the Mac Pro. Is that the one we're going to go look at? The Pro? Yeah, of course. Or the Studio? Yeah. We're not going to Studio. Oh, okay, Come the on. Pro. I want to see how the, much money we could put in our cart. I, I well, think, make sure I to think get you'll the wheels find then. this. You find this very expensive. It starts on a very reasonable $7,000 price. Look tag. at this. So, the most I mean, expensive solution a thousand dollars upcharge and then the most I, expensive memory what? is 1600 this is not like the forty thousand dollar mac pro look at that i just put in the most memory and the fastest uh processor and, and you're only at 10 grand under 10 grand you're only at 10 now do you i'm charging this to the one, company anyway one you know? terabyte one terabyte no, i think not i eight. think not and look at that even with eight terabytes now i have to get with wheels Ooh, Ooh, wheels are only four hundred dollars Okay. They made them cheaper. Magic mouse and trackpad, sure. Let's see. Yeah, yep, you want Final that. Cut Pro, Logic Pro, yep, add oh, all that. Oh, oh, you want those too? Oh my goodness. Look at that. Only it's under thirteen grand for the most expensive Mac Pro you can order. I'm I'm gonna insist that you put this on the company card. I, I'm I, I'm gonna insist that you uh, text me the number real quick. I will order this and for the site, I will uh, test it and then I'll put it back behind me as an art piece. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, you know what? There may be some value in the original Intel uh, cheese graters. Well, well you should hope so because it costs like $40,000 maxed out. So. As an art piece. I was going to play in the oh, okay. art piece. Uh, yeah. If somebody can piece. buy one of those uh, soon to be useless boxes. The framework, framework. laptop, that modular hmm. laptop has had another update. Can you tell us about it, Jeremy? Absolutely not. It's a secret. Oh, this is the first 13th gen that they're selling. So, you know, it, it is kind of a, a big jump for uh, the framework, which started out as it's a great idea, but can they really make it work to, well, it's getting better, 
to this one, uh, which apparently is quite nice. And as usual, you can either buy, pop out and get the module that uh, encompasses the motherboard and the processor and pop, pop it in, but they've also got a brand new shell out uh, because they've been smart enough to realize that sometimes people just like to buy the whole thing hmm. regardless. So a new screen, uh, upgraded keyboard, all of that is nice to have, but just the fact that everything is modular, these guys are still in business. They haven't been taken over by someone else. The The prices are getting a little more reasonable. Uh, I mean, it's still two grand for the i7-1370P, but still, and this is the big one. So this is not available yet, Ooh. but it will be coming soon that you'll be able to get a Ryzen 7040 series modular upgradable framework laptop. And this is kind Ooh, of interesting. Very. Yeah. I would, this is more compelling to me because you're going to get, let's see, it's a Ryzen 5 7640U or a Ryzen 7 7840U. Yeah. DDR5, 5600. Yeah, decent amounts of it. Yeah, so for only $80, than Apple. 16 gigs. Not bad. And I mean, when it goes out of style, you just pop those modules out, pop in the brand new ones, and away you go. And you won't have to probably replace the motherboard because as we were talking earlier, the next gens are still using AM5. Is this socketed so, uh, or is this uh Oh well it's well, it's, it's a module. Oh so it, I see, I see. It is sort of BGA, but literally you are popping in a thing. But it's you know on the same level as popping in as if uh CPU. So yeah, framework is still a little bit pricey, but I think in part, it's just because you've got to design all these modules. Each of those needs to be packaged securely, properly. But the idea is just brilliant, is that uh, there is a workable, upgradable laptop around that's been around for a couple of generations now. So, hey, keep an eye out, because uh, unless you're an Apple fan, in which case you just want to buy a new system every three years anyways. Mm. I know. I think I should have invested $100,000 in them, just like everybody else, but I missed that boat. <laughs> Our next story from Serve the Home, B-Link EQ12 Pro. Now, this looks like an Intel-branded next unit of computing, and I dare not pronounce that because everybody has an opinion about how you pronounce acronyms. But ah. this has an Intel i3-N305 Alder Lake N. And what's interesting about this? All E-Cores. A fully E-Core machine. Oh, I have a point. Father. I have a point of inquiry here. Okay. Yes. If all of the cores are E cores, are they still E cores, or are they just cores on that particular chip? Do they even make such a thing? Is this just it's Gracemont, so therefore it's <laughs> it's what we would think of as E cores, or is this uh, something is like not, disabled? They're not multi-threaded cores. Um, no, and they well, they absolutely just sip power. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, they're not really atoms, but they are. Well, I mean, it's the, they're the son yeah. of Adam. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty decent. 16 gigs of DDR5, 512 gig NVMe SSD. That's Gen 3 on a one by link. Some sacrifices had to be made. Yeah. So that does kind of suck a little bit. But uh, just the overall look of it is pretty impressive and uh, the benchmarking shows that hey you know it's not going to trash an i9 <laughs> but uh, compared to like the previous atoms and even some of the i5s and definitely the Celerons when Gracemont launched the Alder Lake eCores they were talking about performance versus Skylake that it was 40% better performance at the same power or 40% less power for the same performance. So I'm guessing this is going to be more of the power saving same performance as Skylake kind of a thing. Cuz yeah. this this implementation on this new uh, mini PC from B-Link is a 15 watt TDP 8 core. Mhm. Mm so is 8 Skylake cores enough in current year? Let's look at their benchmark results. Let's see the. So uh, see. I mean, it's you not... compile the Linux kernel obviously on a mini PC is what you do. Oh well, sure, sure. Well, I mean, and <laughs> where did it fall? Look at this. Where it's faster it than Core i7 7700 T. I think the T are the 35 watt parts. The configurable ones, yeah. How many cores is the 7700? Is that still four core eight thread? That's four core eight thread. Oh, yes. Right. So it has the core advantage. A little bit slower than the 8500T, which is 6-core 35-watt Coffee Lake. So it's not 
unbelievable performance, but it's very good for 15 watts. Yeah, and I mean, it's trounced in the Celerons and the Atoms that you usually find in those things. Oh, yeah, like that Celeron N5095 mm-hmm. at the bottom, the Atom mm-hmm. C5315, Celeron J6413. <laughs> those $300, you know, Walmart laptops that are running one of these. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you can barely browse the web on those things. Oh, they were they were quite unhappy with anything. And uh, what was it? They got it with Windows 11 uh, already installed. That seems like a mistake. And I don't think it was much more than 300 bucks. I don't see it. Yeah, let's look at Geekbench. Why not? Mm, yes, let's. Look, it's actually running at a lower speed, but it's significantly faster. Yes. Oh, I see. Because the Celeron J4125 is 2 gigahertz, and this one's only 1.8. But that's base. It was probably boosting. Yeah. This is actively cooled, I assume, this mini PC. I think uh, when you're flipping through, I think I saw a grate on the bottom, shape of a fan, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, no, they've got uh, several exhausts. And there is, like, underneath uh, on the bottom is, like, uh, an SSD cooler. So it should be able to sustain some pretty high clocks then. Something yeah. This, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's a pretty beefy, it's laptop-style cooler there on a 15-watt this could easily be made and has already been made. I saw a fanless tech had posted a uh, ready-to-go fanless version of this. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, the highest they ever saw it spike was 36 watt. And that was a spike. Uh, that was not, like, sustained was, like, 25 watt. Which is uh, pretty impressive. Indeed. Hey. Who would have thought, as time goes on, that we would get faster performance for lower no. power? Never happens. Huh. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> it used to happen every generation. <laughs> and then the dark times. Back in my day. The empire. It's time for Security Corner already. And Yay. let's go to Bleeping Computer. <clears throat> Barracuda says hacked ESG appliances must be replaced immediately. As opposed to later. That's an email security (laughs) gate, by the way. So it's something you specifically bought to ensure the security of your company. Yeah, and you keep it patched, right? So you keep it patched. These are great. And then the company tells you, quote, impacted ESG appliances must be immediately replaced regardless of patch version level, end quote. And by the way, our sale just ended. Everything's full price right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I find the hacked security appliances to just be so filled full of, what is that German word? Schneidenfreude? <laughs> Something yes. like that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been since at least October 2022 that they've had a, a rather nasty uh, backdoor into it. And that was Whoa. when it was first used. And of course, you know, they, once you're in, all of a sudden, you know, the world's your oyster. You can dump all sorts of amazing things in there that you really, really don't want. So, yeah, uh, apparently these are essentially bricked. Toss them out. And uh, maybe, maybe you know, it's interesting, though, a different on, on, vendor. On Barracuda's site, they have a, uh, a specials section. And uh, under the no. list, it, it actually has insecurity <laughs> devices, oh. and you can you can get these for really inexpensive. Nice. <laughs> how to how to add additional insecurity to to your head end? Oh. To your head. Are you making your own honeypot? Well, we've got the product mm. for you. For you, <laughs> it yeah, looks it's for security researchers. It's not perfect. Do yeah. you feel like your border network is just a little too tightened down? Yeah. Well, let us punch a hole in that for you. <laughs> It's good practice. Keep your security team on their toes. Do you have a customer that you really don't like? Well, <laughs> oh, install oh, some that's, of these. That's, hey, that's speaking bad. of customers, you know that Honda makes, you know, they make everything. They make Yamaha. They make everything. Well, not as much. I don't think Honda makes guitars, but. Um, oh, I'm sure they do. They make small, pli- like a small power equipment. What am I trying to say? They make power equipment. Like lawnmowers and things. And if you went to an authorized dealer, you know, you're, you're taken care of, right? And you're, you're doing the right thing and you get a warranty. And, oh, you also get pwned. 21,393 customer orders across all dealers from August of 2016 to March of 2023. Customer name, address, phone number, items ordered, uh, emails, potentially Stripe, PayPal, and authorized.net, private keys... 
for the dealers, dealers anyways. Um, internal financial reports, that'll affect the dealers more than the customers. But still, I mean, if you had your credit card on file with your local dealer, that's eh, probably uh, yeah. compromised. So what, what got wedged here? How did they get in? Insecure private networking, you know, what was the deal? Uh, well, they, they were using Barracuda as their. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> guys, you guys no. stepped on each other with that one. Okay. That was awesome. Well, yeah. I thought it said it was, it was the same as the, there was a Toyota flaw, I think. Let me see. The security gap in Honda systems was discovered by a security researcher using the pseudonym Eatonworks, who was the same that breached Toyota's supplier portal a few months back, leveraging similar vulnerabilities. They exploited a password reset API to reset the password of a valuable account, enjoy unrestricted admin label data oh, admin yeah. level data access in the firm's network. That's uh that's not so good. they could essentially probably ask for a password reset due on privileged users <laughs> without like a notification to the existing user. Yeah. And then just and get a password reset. But and they probably had an open URL that allowed the password reset to provide the mm -hmm. um, return email so that they would get the password reset email and then be able to click through typical way we do the password yeah. resets via, you know, clickable link or something like that. But I bet the, I bet there was an API that allowed them to provide the email yeah. to send that password reset to. So that, that sucks. That's not very reassuring. And it is not. <laughs> it's going to happen to more and more. It's okay. It's it worse year. And Bruce, Bruce says, LOL, the easiest way in are insecure employees. I'd have to agree. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, speaking of insecurities, uh, Gigabyte. Yeah. Gigabyte's firmware auto update feature is insecure, Convenient. Apparently. Oh, sorry. No. Well, I mean, the feature yeah, is, uh, tr you know, it's trans not transparent. Oh, invisible. It's, it's better. No. It's better than transparent. It's invisible. I was yeah. going to say, it's just Eclipsium is the, the, the people who looked it up and the damn thing downloads firmware updates without any authentication over HTTP. And I, I just, I don't know how many times we can tell companies that this is not how you do business. That's just insane. Oh, it's up to 406 models now. Oh yeah. See, B450, 550, the A620s, the A520. It's going to be everything. B650s, B660s, 760s, probably all the Intel boards too. Yeah. The old H1. X570 board, C690. Yep, there it is. Where's yours? <laughs> uh, the uh, Z690 RS Master. It's on the right hand column. Yeah. yeah. Both revisions. Keep sort of throwing up better. a little bit, would you? X570 on there? Uh, no, yeah. the regular X570s are not on there. Really? Not Only the, the uh, S's. You're the safe. Is. I am safe. <laughs> I've got an ERS Gaming 7. Uh, that's uh, not an S, though. It looks like none of the uh, original X570s Woo! are on this list. Probably, you know, just missed it. Yeah, they just haven't got on there yet. Yeah, they haven't updated it yet. And it isn't huh. anything older than the, for Intel, anything older than Z590, I think. Yeah. There you go, kids. Trust the old motherboards, not the new ones. That's right. There's going to be a huge surge in sales for uh, Z7, <laughs> wait, Z490. Yeah, Is that what it was? I know. You can't, you can't get them. Can't get them anymore. Anyway, so apparently, from, based on what I read, they were uh, phoning home every time they booted yeah. or every time they got turned on or something like that and were, could reach the internet. And uh, what'd you say it was? HTTP. And uh, yeah. I guess that was easy to own for some reason. Oh, they, they didn't know, properly authenticate. Technique. Oh, of course. Hmm. Yeah. They, why bother putting a hash in there? I mean, I'm sure that Gigabyte Updater Service.exe is going to do only the good things. Well, since the motherboard is reaching out for an update, why don't the hackers and slashers out there supply one and uh, yeah. give them a, a handy BIOS with a back door? So that's what they but do. your computer will also run 3% faster. Hmm. Oh, well, fantastic. <laughs> Gigabyte, uh, as of June 1st, said that uh, their engineers had already mitigated potential risks and uploaded the Intel 700-600 and AMD 500-400 series. Beta BIOS, the official website, after conducting thorough testing and validation of the new BIOS on Gigabyte motherboards. And they're uh, implementing stricter security <laughs> checks during the OS boot process now to detect and prevent yep. 
possible malicious activities. But the lovely thing is that they pretty much can't patch this. Yeah. You are vulnerable. End of story. They, you, you can't get rid of it. Uh, they can push some updates out, but apparently in some cases, just because of the way that it works, it's not set up to do it. So they can either not get you minor firmware updates for your various uh, components on the board, or you're still a little, a little bit of risk. I think the we're internet a, was a like a idea. whole <laughs> from the very beginnings. Uh, we're on a list of kind of like a whole number of these that are like, oh, you might as well just throw the device away. You know, it yeah. seems like week after week we're running up against yet another. You know what? Just break it in half and throw it away. It's done. Who needs designed obsolescence anymore? Designed insecurity. Mm. No, nah, you got to toss it, or else. Yep. Every week when news comes out, I just find myself wondering more and more: Are is there any motherboard company? that actually wants business because they all oh, yeah. seem to be in these self-defeating de cycles of, you know, releasing crap or crap software or, mm -hmm. you know, flawed products that, you know, burn up your chips, you know, you know, or just really expensive boards. Oh my God. Oh yeah. True. True. It's not an $89 board anymore. No. Well, it's no. expensive to implement things like PCIe gen five, it's it's not free. We were content with I mean, Gen. You got to add a lot of layers and retimers yeah. and all yeah. that crap. It's and it's not useful. Very useful right now. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It is. God, I'm getting old. I'm 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 getting on to get off my lawn. I'm not excited get off about my lawn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not terribly excited about these kind of updates anymore. It's just. Nope. But I guess I get, you know, I would be excited, but there are so many trade-offs. And price, power, and heat are the trade-offs you get for going to, 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 to Gen 5 PCI Express and complexity of the, the products. Um, and maybe 6.0 will change things around where they'll have a better way of signaling and I don't know. And then we'll 7 see. will come out. Every They've already ratified 7 as a standard, right? Yes. Are they up to 8 yet? It just seems like every year they're uh, like, hey, you know how we doubled the throughput per lane last time? Let's do it Theoretically. Again. Let's do it again. And then leave it up to the manufacturers to implement it and figure out how to do it without making the boards $1,000. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Oh, an essential kazoo wants me to point out, because he's mentioned a couple of times, uh, don't download any Minecraft mods right now. Uh, there are dozens and dozens of very, very popular ones, which, uh, have fra a fracturizer in them. So yeah, it's going to ruin your bloody day. Really, really going to ruin your day. Or more likely your kid is going to ruin your day because it'll be the kid downloading the mod. Oh, my kids ruined my, my life. So don't worry about that. That's what they're for, isn't it? Yeah. Let's pause. Here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. As a software engineer, it's not always straightforward to find just the right place to practice your craft. People like us can often find it difficult to settle into just the right role for our careers. Well, consider Bloomberg. They're out there working to build a top-notch information network for financial professionals, and they're looking for engineers to join their team. Personally, I know that I've always wanted to work on challenging projects that had real impact on actual shipping products and services, but sometimes that has just not worked out. While I've not yet worked for Bloomberg, they're forward-looking and are building tools their clients will come to rely on for systems that matter in solving real-world complex problems across global capital markets. They're working in real-time market and enterprise data with sophisticated analytics that are touched by over 350,000 financial professionals. Bloomberg systems operate at tremendous scale with over 300 billion, yes, B is in billion, market messages daily. So many of you will already be up to speed on the majority of Bloomberg software, as it's built in C++, JavaScript, and Python. So you're obviously not going to get locked into a proprietary shop, as Bloomberg's engineers are active members of the open source community in both leveraging and making commits back to many projects. Learn more about the opportunities that await you by visiting Bloomberg.com careers. That's Bloomberg.com careers. We're back and we're going to talk about Diablo 4, which mm, is apparently nice. doing so well that there's a Business Wire press release bragging about it. Diablo 4 launches immediately sets new record as Blizzard Entertainment's fastest selling game of all time. 
they claim that people have played 10,000 years worth of the game so far. Just over the that's past of, five or six days. Wow. That's wow. A that seems like a long game. So yeah, it's doing really well. Yeah. The only thing I'm happy about is that the microtransactions are just for cosmetic stuff. You don't actually have to do that to play the game. So that's nice. Yeah, I, I've just uh, bought it once. Mm-hmm. I got the, what, the deluxe early edition, so I started playing it on Friday. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, do you need a new mouse Very, yet? very few problems. What? Do you need a new mouse yet? Uh, not quite yet, but <laughs> it's getting there. There's a lot of clicking. Let me tell you, Diablo 1 was even worse on oh god on, yeah on oh. mice than than the current one but no it's you know it's it's got a good story it's got a lot of depth to the story it's got all kinds of other things and places to do it's very non-linear um and uh yeah no i i've uh, i have been enjoying my time and the graphics are great the artwork is great um it runs pretty well at my 3040 uh 3440 by, what is my, I can never remember that one. 1440? 1440. Yeah, it's my, my ultra wide. And yeah, 30, yeah, 3440 by, by 1440. Yeah. Correct, sir. Uh, gotcha. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's a RTX 3080, and I'm running with uh, DLSS balanced, and it's, you know, it's, it's running 120 frames smooth. Um, something that... Uh, was kind of interesting. Uh, somebody sent me a screenshot of, of them running it on a 7900 XDX with 24 gigs of memory. Oh, and really? memory video memory usage was 21 gigs on this at, hmm. you know, a higher ultra wide screen resolution. So I don't know if, uh, if that scales or if it just reserves a percentage of the memory on your, board but yeah it's kind of interesting to see it can take up to 21 22 gigs of vram space if you if you let it Uh, i think it's an allocation thing but probably yeah i think it's an allocation Uh, uh, there's so many games now that they just see how much video memory there is and they just allocate 80 or 90 percent of it and then that's why people go hey my uh uh, this game is using 16 gigs on uh, on my uh, or, or 12 gigs on my 16 gig card. So obviously, eight gigs is not enough. But it's only <laughs> allocation; it's not actual you. usage of it. Yeah, we just reserve. And it. to the best of my knowledge, nobody has come out with a tool yet that actually shows usage. No, it only shows allocation. You know the the standard in our field for measuring graphics card usage is basically NVIDIA's tools. Because they actually will send hardware out to reviewers to do things like PCI Express slot power pass-through testing and direct PCI Express uh, pass-through power testing. I I thought Uh, the way we were doing that was just to look at a screenshot and then record a one-hour expose on it and do it to YouTube. And and have like a shocked look expression on your face when you're doing the thumbnail, you know. <laughs> and there's our thumbnail for the show this week. Yep. <laughs> my, my point <laughs> in bringing that up is the last time I spoke with an NVIDIA like technical <laughs> person, it was either this last launch or the one before it. I was like, hey, do you guys have any internal tools to measure VRAM usage? And the answer was no. There isn't anything out there. There's plenty of stuff that will show you what the current VRAM usage is, but I cannot get a definitive answer on allocation versus actual usage. And there's nothing that shows that in real time. The only thing that it will show is what has been reserved for use. And then you have to just look at frame times. If it looks like it's stuttering, like Far Cry 6 with HD textures enabled, Mm -hmm. I get a low VRAM warning when I'm running that on the 7600 or the 4060. And those are obviously 8 gig cards. It has like a... The Far Cry games will tell you down at the bottom as you're adjusting settings how much VRAM it's going to use. You're well under 8 still. I think it's like 6 point something at 1080 high HD textures enabled. But then it gives you a low VRAM warning as soon as you fire it up. And then you see the slowdowns, which it 
it looks like the entire game just stops for a moment and then starts up again. It's not just, oh, it's a little stuttery. It's like it grinds to a halt. So clearly there's something wrong <laughs> with uh, with that. It, it's as if it was going out to main memory and running out of VRAM. So I don't doubt that. All of the reports out there that 8 gigs is not enough for games like that with HD textures. But monitoring the actual usage in-game, I think, would have to be Game Engine. Something I have to tap into that. There'd have to be an API, I'm assuming. Is everybody ready for the best photography in the history of PCPerspective.com? Should I, I mute am. myself as I do the release the seed ritual? <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> I mean, if you've been watching the podcast, you know that our, our center square is this uh, new enclosure, but here it is in all of its uh, glory. The Fractal Terra Mini ITX. It's as big as a 12 case of Coke. And it is a uh, fantastic case. Um, as I said in the review, I had one complaint about this case, and that's because the color match on the top panel is is off. Other than that, this was absolutely a joy to build in. The performance for a case of this size is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I actually had some concern. I didn't know that the even though that the sides are as vented as they are, that it would allow as much air into the system as it does. Um, it was easy to build in. Uh, very, very high-end system. Uh, the outer shell is all aluminum. Uh, the inner shell is uh, steel. It's got a, yeah, I mean, they, they went upscale with it, real leather, um, even mimicked uh, the classic uh, Mercedes gullwing doors. Um, Ooh. Uh, and those are, uh, those are removable with a, just a little spring clip on each door. Um, and you have full access to the inner uh, spine of the case. Um, which you can actually adjust the spine side to side to give more room for the cooler of the CPU and less room for the GPU or vice versa. Um, in my case, uh, the, the, the system I put in, um, I used, uh, I believe, at level five, which is around 57 millimeters of clearance on the CPU cooler. Um, you can get up to a Founders Edition 4080 or 4090 inside it with no problem. Um, you can't get some of the add-in board partners 4090s in there. Uh, that's a 3080 12-gig um, reference card, a PNY reference card. Um, so it's single width. But as you can see, that's not a small card, and there's plenty of room. Mm -hmm. um, Kent, I apologize. I just realized looking this over that I left out a little cluster of photos. I was going to put in the one where it showed that uh, Asus card that didn't fit in, and you had a side view of the 4090 uh, or 4080 FE. Oh, that's fine. That's all supposed to be in here. Or I'll add it. I'll add it. That's okay. <laughs> I'll put it like right um, here. But uh, yeah, it, it was a joy to build in. Uh, there's, there's actually space in it for cable management um they the way they install the power supply it sits up uh, oh, facing okay. the, the connectors down so there's plenty of room underneath it um probably the worst issue with the cable management is the uh the main power pigtail that it uses that runs along the front inner chassis it's a little awkward to get to the the actual connector on the power supply um, but yeah, you just have weird. to sort of move it about. Um, the, uh, there are standoffs for the power supply bracket. So if you have a blow through card, um, there's room for that air to move through and exhaust upward. Um, you can actually put a 120 fan below the power supply and the rear of the card of your GPU, uh, you will lose almost all of your cable management space doing that. And I, I sort of question the, the benefits because you're really only going to be pulling air in onto 
the rear portion of the card where, you know, that's not the going to be the bottleneck in cooling anyway. What about one um, of those ultra besides, slim I love the fans? Sound of, you got to love I'm the sorry? sound of a, a high velocity fan hitting a power cord. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That the, you, you would, you would have to really work a lot harder on the, the cable management there if you did it that way. And I, like I say, I, I don't know how effective that would truly be. Um, but the, the test system I used, I've been using in the, uh, all of the, uh, the ITX cases I've done recently, the fractal, um, Ridge, uh, the shift, the, the Fantex shift XT, and then this, um, and this is the smallest case, even smaller than the, the, the Fantex in its smallest configuration. This, this is still much smaller. This is 10.4 liters and it absolutely killed them in performance. Uh, the GPU temps were fantastic, uh, in both the, stress test using Unigen Heaven at max settings and also uh, in the gaming test. Um, the CPU test, you running Cinebench R23 for the full 10 minutes, uh, the CPU got to just below the 100 degree throttling point, but it didn't get there. It did not throttle during that. And the temp that was actually, when it hit that was actually more toward the middle of the test. It stayed a little further away from that for the remainder of the test. Um, I think at the, the last run of the, the render on that, it was maxed around 96, which that's still hot, but you're talking about a 10.4 liter case that most people aren't going to be rendering on. Um, they're going to be using a case like this for gaming. Uh, and, in gaming performance, everything was just fantastic. Uh, the GPU temps were phenomenal. The CPU temps were completely reasonable. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I don't even think they were, I think they were quite good um, for, for, for the gaming test, which is a 30 minute gaming test. Um, you're talking about uh, it's 51.5 Delta and it, that's a 23.5 uh, ambient temperature. So you're looking at basically 75 degrees on a 12th gen processor that's designed to run at 100. Um, and yeah, the case is very high quality. The performance is outstanding for, uh, for any case, let alone something this small. Yeah. Uh, I had no complaints other than the one, the, the color mismatch on the top panel. Um, I think there was a photo in there where I tried to capture it. Um, I'm actually streaming off of that system right now and looking at it. I can, the color mismatch is pretty clear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That one captures it. Yeah. I see what and, you're talking about there. And I actually, I cannot tell. I've not been able to determine if that top panel is plastic and has a metallic paint on it. It does. I think it might be um, that it just has a metallic paint on it. Uh, none of it's magnetic except for the inner shell, so I can't determine that way. Um, but that could be the cause for the mismatch. Um or it could just be this was a, you know, this, I had this just before they released it. So um, it could be either pre-production or early production. Um, uh, just a issue. For science, Man, you want to just snap that lid, that upper panel in half and just do a, like an analysis of the. Uh, no, I really don't. <laughs> but I, I mean, it, you if you want me to, scratch. I will, but <laughs> you can yeah, scratch do, it on do the a heavy scratch. Yeah. On the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy scratch. yeah that's yeah. a good uh, idea. Can't, uh, just for the audio listeners, what is the price on this? This was one seventy nine, I believe. Yep. yep. One seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I got that because I'm working on another review right now, and I've, I erased the old price from my brain. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, it's one seventy nine, and it is a full Gen four riser cable inside mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, just the, the materials, uh, the the quality, the fact that it is a Gen Four riser instead of a Gen Three. Um, yeah, you, it, it's it's an amazing case, um, regardless of the. So price. they're kind of getting down to the the size of the old shuttle cases, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this case is literally the size of a of a shoebox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what cooler did you squeeze in there? That is an ID cooling IS55. And despite the name, it's a 57 millimeter uh, height cooler. Uh, It's one of the better small form factor coolers I've encountered. The biggest problem with it is you have to use low profile and generally bare RAM, even like the Corsair LPX sticks will will they won't interfere but they will touch um so yeah but pretty much bare sticks um but other than that i mean it's that's actually a a really very good performing cooler um for for small form factor especially at only uh 57 millimeters high and it's cheap it's 40 bucks um uh, with a 15 millimeter fan, a 15 millimeter thick, 120 millimeter size fan, and it includes screws for a full 25 millimeter thick fan if you want to go that route. But, um, but yeah, the, I, I I really don't have enough accolades for this case. Um, I was absolutely shocked at the temperatures I got. Um, they were almost as good as with an open bench and on the same system. Crazy. Um, yeah. It, uh, I could not believe how well it breathed. Um, that some, there, was, there was a team of engineers at fractal. Just, who, just, just uh, don't set it outside. It out if you're in, am I in? What's that? Yeah. Just, just don't set it outside. Uh, if, if you're in New York, it, it will soon stop breathing. <laughs> Yes. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at it. Look at the look at the design. Those slots are very big. If you look at the old I like the uh, wood. NKS M1, which of course looks like a monster compared to this thing, it was pretty well ventilated, but not to that extent. It was only yeah. the upper half of each side panel. And I, the, I think uh, I think slots trump holes. They do. Yeah. Yeah, as I was, as, as Josh and I were talking over each other, I was, uh, I was saying there's a team of engineers at Fractal who who hit it out of the park on this case. That's all I can say about it. It's just blew my mind. The noise how levels good this were good as well. What's that? The noise levels were great as well. As good as the open chassis. Yeah. Oh. I, I, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's no fans. There's no fans in it. Um, so it's going to be basically as loud as, um, the system you put in it. Um, yeah, (laughs) I haven't been doing on the small form factor cases, the sound testing that I used to do. And I've actually, Mm -hmm. the case I'm working on right now, I have completely upgraded the way I'm measuring sound. Um, and I, I'm actually glad that I'm uh, excited to show that to you guys when I get this next review in. Nice. Kent, I see that the uh, Fractal uh, site actually has this case in three different colors. Black, yes. white, which is to be expected. Oh, you know, and jade. It's, it's actually colors. silver. And, and okay. All right. Silver, I like the jade. Very, very nice. The jade is really it's, nice. And it's the one color that's jade, sold out. A, a greenish tone. Very interesting. Bold choice, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. Um, I actually suspected that, that that jade color would sell out. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. I am personally not a big fan of green at all. Um, so I asked, I actually initially asked for white, as, as you thought, and got a message yeah. back from the fractal rep. And he said, no, no, it's silver. Silver. But, uh, <laughs> silver the silver looks fantastic. It, but, um, but I have I like to say change. that it, it certainly does look white on the fractal site. Um, it does. Not, not, yes. uh, not silver at all. Some manufacturers um, call silver white when it's plain anodized agreed. aluminum. Yeah. Agreed. I have yeah. an amplifier that the box claims it's white. It's silver. But I mean, yeah. It's urgent. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, actually, this build took a lot of stress off of me because I'm always looking at cases and going, "How much water cooling equipment can I fit in there?" <laughs> and I looked at I looked at this one and said, "Okay, I just need to abandon that train of thought entirely." <laughs> you, you could do but external really, water cooling. <laughs> yeah, it really well. It, it it made building in this case less stressful and uh, just very enjoyable to see how well it performed with air cooling. Um, yeah, I, like I say, it's just this case, probably the best case I've reviewed on the, uh, since I've been here, just oh, as my. far as overall quality versus performance. Uh, yeah, they, they knocked it out of the park. I love it that we've reached the point where a mainstream enclosure maker like Fractal that's everywhere that you can just go out and buy this product and it's not a crowdfunded boutique yeah. kind of bespoke construction working at great expense for tooling and or stuff. 350 like, bucks. Right. And yeah. Yeah. That uh, three years ago, uh, if to buy a case this size that may not have even been anywhere near the, the quality or the, the performance, uh, it would have been 350, $400. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. that's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm small runs and it's very expensive to get a company like Leon Lee to tool up and make a enclosure for you. And that's why those other cases were so expensive like this. And by the way, I don't recommend testing uh, with this GP. Oh, if you're going to do sound testing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 290 X. I've gone deaf. But I mean, even this, this is the Dan cases yep. way back in the day. I was loaned an a four SFX. One of our, viewers had bought it sent it to the site and then i passed it along back to them very 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 kind of them i think that was the deal and yeah 400 bucks maybe that was the nk m1 i don't remember anymore but this thing is is about the same size i mean actually slightly narrower because it only supported up to a dual slot gpu but we're dealing in very much the same territory as far as overall uh volume is concerned. Although this, the new fractal case holds a bigger cooler. Right. You can put a modern GPU in it and not just a, uh, not just a middle of the road GPU. You can fit, um, a 4090 in this, uh, in a founder's edition. Um, you would probably need to either use the cable mod 90 degree, uh, plug adapter or uh, there's a lot of the power supply. You can just cut a hole on the top. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It might be plastic. That could be very easy to get your Dremel out. <laughs> Is the, okay. Regardless of the material of the top panel, uh, what is the front panel wood situation? Is that a veneer? Is it's it a veneer. Wood? Okay. It's, it, it's a it veneer. Just, it's definitely it a, a vinyl veneer. wrap piece of um, plastic. And the front, the front panel is also definitely painted plastic. Um, but oh, the front panel, is... okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, but the front panel Good. matches the rest of it, which is why it's so confusing about the top. <laughs> mm, yeah. I did a really nice job with the color matching. If that's plastic. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it. It has to be plastic because inside it, there's molding that the uh, the power supply pigtail is sort of channeled through. Okay. But you know what? They had to hit a price point. You got to cut corners somewhere. And it's not really cutting corners. You're you are making it. What is the term that's used everywhere now? Accessible. It's an accessible price point. One seventy nine yeah. for this level of uh, engineering and quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's crafted to elevate, says the marketing here. Designed and engineered nice. to enhance small form. I do like game. the green though. I so that's, do I. That's just yeah. It's so retro and classy looking to me. It's kind of. It's just they're calling it seventies. Uh, they're calling it seventies yeah. retro. In the chat. Wood yep. grain. Uh huh. Look at that wood. Aluminium. And in case uh, the folks w- with the the penchant for the green case, it's sold out right now. I know. So fractal. No, I was disappointed. Apparently... 
Hmm. They've apparently designed something very desirable there. It's the color no, of did. money. Now, I I will if I know I'm getting a case, and actually I had this one before the the uh, review embargo lifted, um, and I had completed it before the embargo lifted. I won't watch anyone else's reviews. I did watch a couple of review of reviews on this after I'd submitted mine, and uh, really I, I, I saw two complaints. Um, one, uh, one reviewer had the black case and it's a matte black and apparently it picks up fingerprints and, uh, dead skin cells off your fingers, like nobody's business. <laughs> um, the other was something that I could sort of see, I, th- I felt like the, they were making a little bit bigger deal out of it than it needed to be. Um, where the thumb screws for mounting the graphics card PCI slots are, um, the, uh, there's, there's no way you can get a screwdriver to them, but they're, they're large thumb screws. Um, but they had a lot of difficulty and they were using a very large card getting to those by hand and, and getting them tight. Um, and now I did fit a couple of larger cards in there, um, and it was a little more difficult, but I, I didn't have that much trouble. Um, and with the, the 3080-12 gig that's in there right now, uh, it, it, it was ac- absolutely completely easy because you could uh, reach to those, uh, those thumb screws from, from inside or outside or both, and it made it, uh, made it just fine. It's time for picks of the week. Josh, please get us started. If you like it, just pick up Diablo Four. Just just fold. Just get All it. Right. It's All fun. Right. I love Diablo One. I mean, that Diablo Two didn't love it as much yeah. as One. Number Three didn't like it as much as Two. But, but Four, Four's 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 great. Isn't that funny? Oh, best marketing picture. I love best that. marketing ever. <laughs> ah, uh, look at you. So that's why the forest fire started. Yep. Desert mm. Diablo. Hey, they've Welcome done worse. Hell. Yeah. Jeremy, your pick. Well, I mean, so you've got an old video card that you're worried isn't going to handle Diablo 4. Well, how about an RTX 3070 TIOC for 600 Canadian. This is unheard of. This is a ridiculous deal. And there's a, a 3060 for about $100 cheaper if you can't quite afford this one. But yeah, these are selling usually between 9 to 11. So being able to grab that for 600 bucks is is pretty pretty impressive up here if you happen to be shopping for a card. In... American be dollars. Yeah. Yeah. About four fifty. Four hundred and fifty dollars. So that's that's a pretty so how good much deal. are you paying Not for a thirty seventy TI down there? I don't know, probably close to that. Why do you I, shop by length? Yeah, exactly. It looks What's like it's better than we get here. No, it's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a really good deal right now. So if you can get to Canada computers or uh, order it, go for it. Beautiful. Brett. You know, I think we're all absolutely enamored with Apple's latest M dot offerings. And what I'm talking about is M2 Ultra, M2 Max. I think we all really are totally in love with them. But, but perhaps you're going to be missing a little bit of the, the Intel historical from Apple. Well, there's a way that you can still take advantage of this. If you just must have an Intel based macintosh so affordable look and he's so affordable you can still get directly from apple a refurbished mac mini at three gigahertz six core intel i5 for only one thousand six hundred and nine dollars snap them up before they're gone how is and in that case, why is that like tim it, saying look wait, if you wait. have to have it you're gonna pay yes. me sixteen hundred dollars for it for the refurb unit for now, a in case refurbished the, Core i5. Right. 
in case the joke wasn't completely obvious, Good this is more of an, an, an anti-pick for me. Yeah. And it was more along the lines of the fact that there is no more Intel from Apple. Oh, au contraire, there is an Intel. Well, from their from you know, Apple. refurb store for but a I, while. Yeah, I had to ago. dig. I had to dig pretty hard through the refurb store to find any Intel Mac that you could still buy. And it is fl- clearly insulting to buy a Mac mini for $1,600 with an i5. So don't buy it, but it still exists. <laughs> uh, Kent, your pick. So uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but... You know, premium fans now uh, cost a premium price, whether they've got RGB or not. The uh, Noctua NF-A12 is over 30 bucks. Uh, the new Be Quiet Silent Wings Pro 4s are the same. Uh, the Fantex T30s are right at $30. Or you could go with Arctic and their new P12 Max fan. This is um, a dual ball bearing fan. Goes up to 3,300 RPMs. Um, but the nice thing is you don't have to spin them that fast to get good performance out of them. Um, they There's no RGB, but this is a very well-made fan. I have uh, bought four of these. Uh, they perform very well, even at lower speeds and lower noise levels. They're not quite up. To like the Fantex T30, but they're not far behind. They're better than um, they perform outperform slightly the uh, the old standby, the old Gentle Typhoons from Nidec. Um and these are eight dollars and ninety nine cents a piece right now. You can get wow. three of these. You can get three of these for the price of one uh, for cheaper than one NFA twelve Noctua. Wow. Wow. I just missed the sale on these. I just put three of these in a TrueNAS server a couple weeks ago. I wish I'd waited. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Aren't available in Canada. That just sucks. Good good price. Sold out. It's like we got a radio f- signal from above. Wow. Wow. Now, it's it's a new fan. When they first came out, um, Hardware Canucks did a review of them and raved about them. And then several people bought them early and started complaining about uh, bearing noise. Um, I think that either they were expecting quieter than a dual ball bearing because it is not as quiet as a, uh, as a fluid dynamic bearing, um, or... Maybe there were some uh, inconsistencies in the early batch, but like I said, I have four of them, and they're all perfectly fine. The noise level is acceptable. Um, there's no shaft play in in them. So <clears throat> they're no, they're very well made fans. Wording, shaft phrasing. Play. Okay. Does it? Who has some words of wisdom for our outro? Josh, you want to do an outro? You haven't done it in a while. Oh, geez. You don't have it's been to. So long. Um. You know, it's the beginning of summer. It's time for for hope and joy for people in the Northern Hemisphere and a time of despair and unhappiness for those who like light in the Southern Hemisphere. So for those of us up north, uh, you know, enjoy this summer, regardless of the smoke, because eventually smoke will go away. So yeah, listen to less podcasts and go outside more or vice versa. <laughs>